Welcome to the Graceway Sermon Cast. Graceway is a Baptist church located in Lexington, Kentucky. We have a heart for God and a deep love for people. You can learn more about our church by visiting www.gracewaylex.org. Now, here's this week's message. All right, uh, we are continuing in a, in a value or a commitment to a value that we really deem is very important as it relates to fulfilling the call of God to walk as a family together in the kingdom of God. When a church comes together, by the way, as you understand church life, think about this for a moment. You study the word of God. We get these ideas of all these denominations and all these various concepts of how churches function. And, and sometimes we forget that when you go back to the Bible, you don't see all that. <laughs> what you see in the Bible are people who have committed themselves to follow Jesus Christ, have come together. Really, in the Bible, you see primarily in geographical areas, in cities and towns, known as the Church of Jesus Christ in that area. And so you have the seven letters that are given as an example of that. You have Paul meeting among believers as he goes from town to town, you know, at the various places in Corinth, setting up shop for a while, teaching the Word of God. I mean, on and on we can go. But throughout history, the body of Christ has grown dramatically, right? It's impossible for all of us to meet in one house. Even in just this little city of Lexington, if we were all to be committed to show up on a Sunday together, we could not meet in one place in this building, in, I mean in this city. How awesome would that be if people were that committed, right? <laughs> so, but we realize we want to gather together because that's what the Word of God tells us to do. Gather together as brothers and sisters that we would minister one to another. We see through the Word of God that we're to understand the value of each other in that relationship. And so we call these groups church families because that's what the Word of God presents us to be to one another. A part of the household of God where He is the Father and we are the children, and siblings one with another. And so as we've gathered together throughout history, we, get, we tend to gather together with those who think just like us. Now, there's good in that, and there's bad in that. The good in that is that we want to know that we understand where someone else stands and how they think, and we like to assemble together with those of like faith and order. We use that phrase throughout the body of Christ. And the value in that is that we're not too worried about somebody's crazy theological difference than us. Okay? There's bad in that. The bad in that is that we might not know as much as we think we know. <laughs> as a matter of fact, the reality is true. We don't know what we don't know. And when we gather only with those that are just like us, we miss out on all that we don't know from the others who are not like us. And so we tend to live in life the rest of our life as if we are the exact correct ones. Have you ever noticed that every uh, believing group, every denominational group, are 100% convinced that they are 100% correct? <laughs> Hey, I got news for you. They're not all 100% correct, right? <laughs> some are right in some areas, and some are wrong in some areas. And here, I'm going to throw you a curve. You might be wrong in some areas. 
Could be true. Could be true. So I need to function in the body of Christ as honestly as I can about those things I believe are the truth. But I also need to have an attitude and understanding of awareness that I walk in flesh and blood and I can make mistakes. And I need to value those who may think differently than I do. And I need to receive from them those things that God would affirm in my spirit are good and healthy for me. And I need to not have an attitude that everybody else, they're just all wrong and they're in a mess. I need to instead have an attitude that I want to glean from and learn from all those that God would bring into my life. Now as we gather in this place together, I can promise you this. Not everybody sitting in this place agrees 100% with everybody else sitting in this place. You think that's true? I promise you it's true. <laughs> and the reason I know it's true is because I know a bunch of you. <laughs> okay? So that's reality. But what we want to understand is this tremendous value in us learning how to walk in relationship with each other. And that's what God's called us to do as believers. We're to walk in relationship one with another as brothers and sisters in the family of God. And so that becomes one of the key values or important character traits that we want to live our life by. Now, I would just say this before we go any further. You know, we've talked a lot about relationship with God, and certainly as we talk about the value of relationship within the community of faith, the relationship with God is of paramount importance, right? <laughs> and we have no core value of unity outside of that. And so that is the most important relationship that you have to establish and maintain in your life is your relationship with God himself. And God has made that possible for us through Jesus Christ and in walking with God through Jesus Christ because he's covered the sinfulness of our frail humanity, enabled us to have a relationship with a holy God who is holy and we are not as he is, and made us as he is by putting himself in us and chosen to look at us through the prism of Christ's death on the cross so that we can have relationship with him. That's where we are. And Jesus said this. If you're going to walk with God, if you're going to be that one that would walk as a child of God, you must be his disciple. So in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, he says it kind of strong. Jesus said to those who are walking after him, Hey, by the way, if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself. You must take up the cross. What is that? What is a cross? What, was, what, was the, what, was, what did the cross stand for in that day? Death. I mean, this was a, this was a tool of death. So what's J Jesus saying? You must take up my cross. Is that what he said? You must take up your cross. You must take up that thing that would cause you to lay down your life. Then you can follow me. All right, so as we talk about relationship and the value of relationship and our relationship with God, that key relationship starts with us laying down our life and taking up his life. I will never be of value in a relationship as long as I think that relationship is all about me. 
I want to say that again. I want you to let that sink in for a second. I will never be of value in any relationship as long as I think that relationship is all about me. Now, here's the problem. Walk outside these walls and walk outside the concept of the Christian community as a whole, and you're going to find out that everybody in the world thinks opposite of that. Because they think every relationship is for their good. And they're gaining everything they can for their own good out of it. And if it doesn't produce for them, it's a waste, and I, might, I just might as well not give my time to it. And the problem is many people in the world has carried that concept into the church. And so now you got so many people in the church who have committed themselves to a relationship with God and in so doing, maybe not even aware of it, to a relationship with the family of God. And they're coming into this family of God with the concept of this. Well, if I ain't, get it, if I ain't getting anything out of it, I might as well not waste my time with it. And so here's, here's what <laughs> just drives me crazy, man. I'm, I'm getting ready to talk about shopping mall Christianity for a second. That's what I call it. You get in some circles of Christians, and this is the way they talk when they talk about a church. Well, what does it have to offer? I mean, I want to go shop them all of that church for a second. Do they have this, 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 and this? Well, if they don't have this, 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 and this, well... Man, I don't want to waste my time there. I want to go to the shopping mall of the church that's got everything I want it to have. How about this? How about maybe God wants you to bring that into that church? How about maybe God wants to bring his family health by you being the one that he might want to use in relationship and help you to realize it's not all about you. It's all about everybody. And that he might be bringing you into the place of helping fulfill that relationship. Now, I could spend the whole sermon on Corinthians 12, right? And talk about the importance of the parts of the body and all that kind of stuff. But, man, you've heard that sermon a hundred times. Have we got it yet? I hope we're getting it finally. That's a mark of maturity when you start getting things and put... I told you about Hal Upchurch. One of the phrases I quote all the time from him. We practice daily what we believe some of y'all heard it for years what's the rest of it the rest is just religious talk <laughs> that's true that's true so let's get past talking the good game about it and let's understand okay what's relationship supposed to look like how am i supposed to be living out my life together with other believers in the body of christ what's a family of faith to be as we relate one to another as I understand it there's an old song that used to say it and it's true sometimes the uh, the uh, world stumbles on good phrases that they think they came up with themselves but they didn't <laughs> nothing new under the sun it came from the Lord <laughs> but you've heard this phrase especially some of you old people no man is a hmm boy y'all are smart we get it right no man's in the not, as an island. No man stands alone. United we stand, divided we fall. We get this principle. So how do we learn how to make this a part of our life and relationship 
one with another. Because that's really what God's called us to do. And you know, God demonstrated it perfectly for us. I mean, there's a whole, I could spend another two or three hours here, but we won't. Don't worry. But God demonstrates this perfectly for us, even in the Trinity. God chooses in the Trinity. Now, this is going to sound difficult, so hang with me for a moment. God chooses within himself. I'm saying it carefully because God is one, right? Yet three. We call it the Trinity. God chooses in himself to represent himself to us in relationship. The Father never does anything without ministering through the Holy Spirit to all of us. And then, through the power of the Holy Spirit, indwells humanity as himself in the flesh, the Son, so that we might have relationship with him, so the Father works through himself in the Son to bring us to himself. And in so doing, he plants within us what? His Spirit. <laughs> So that we might walk in relationship with Him. Now we can unpackage this for a while to get a handle on that. <laughs> but the reality of what God's showing us is how He has really even revealed in His Trinity how valuable, important relationship is. Now He's called you and I to walk in relationship with Him. And He's called you and I to walk in relationship with one another. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 through 20. Let's look at that for a second. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building, so now he's talking about a household, the whole household, being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. So here's what God's called, here's what God's done in bringing us salvation. Let's, let's understand what's really happening. He's not just giving you a ticket out of hell and a mansion on a hilltop. Okay, He's actually called you and me into relationship with him. And in that relationship with him, he's called you and me to walk in relationship with one another. And to somehow walk in the household of God as one family that brings glory and honor to the Father. So we're laying this foundation of understanding the value of, of relationship and how God's made himself known. So one of the first mistakes about relationship in the kingdom of God is people don't realize you are never to stand alone. You're to stand in relationship with the body of Christ. The second, I think, or a, a, a second most common mistake, and this, these are not the points you need to get a hold of religiously yet. We're going to get to that. <laughs> these are just introductory comments. But the second mistake a lot of people make is beyond just thinking they can stand alone is that they think they're supposed to stand only with people that are fully identical with them. I understand the value. How does two walk together lest they be agreed? I think that's all important. We need to understand that we definitely don't want to embrace uh, uh, heretics and all that kind of stuff in our relationship with God. We understand that. 
But it's also true that God doesn't want you walking just with people who are exactly like you. And again, you see all that back in 1 Corinthians 12. He wants you to be able to receive from one another and be a blessing to one another. So as we have that concept of relationship, we understand the value of relationship, we see that God's given us the opportunity to walk in that within a family context. It's interesting to into that for a, a while. You know, sometimes as we think about family, we realize that our family is the most valuable of our relationships, right? But for so many people, that's the only relationships they have. Their immediate household, the address they live in, family. And they don't have anything outside of that. And they realize that that is the most fundamentally important and valuable of all relationships. And yet, if they never left that house and had any contact with anybody else, what would happen? Huh? No maturity? What else? What's that? Never get the opportunity to share the gospel? Let's even get even more fundamental. Do groceries last forever? I mean, even MREs dry out eventually, don't they? I mean, even they'll get used up eventually. What's going to eventually happen to that group that stays right inside that building in their household, the mother, the father, the son, or the daughter, that's all they're ever going to do is see each other and nobody else. That's their only relationships. They're going to die because <laughs> they ain't going to eat any food eventually because they're not going to the grocery to get any. You say, oh, well, they're going to get a Amazon in. Well, that's a person bringing it to the door, right? I mean, they're not all drone delivered yet. <laughs> but my point, you get my point here for a second, is that the, the involvement with other people in our life is crucial. It, it's important that we have our clear understanding of our family together, but it's also crucial that we have an understanding that we got to welcome some other people into that and glean from them. So we have this church family. Should this be our key core understanding of relationships within the Christian community? Sure it should. Just like you would in your immediate fleshly family. But there's also the understanding that, hey, shock of all shocks, it's not just us getting into heaven. There's a lot more. Okay, so here's what I'm trying to help us get past for just a second. Many times we get comfortable in our relationships and we, and we don't get God room to move into our life through other relationships. So many times people think, I don't have any friends. So many times, this is true, people don't have any friendships outside their own family. They don't know anybody else. And they feel very comfortable with that. But listen, if the whole Christian community lived that, that way, what would happen? Now some of these other things we were talking about apply. Gospel doesn't get shared. I don't get to mature from the life of another. See, that's valuable information, right? So we're just talking about the value and the importance of relationship. Now, then what happens when you do get into relationship? Well, it's impossible to live uh, hidden in a relationship, in a sense. I guess it's, I don't know if I'm wording this as the way I really want to. In relationships, you have to be transparent. You know what I've told couples throughout the years and when, I, when I'll counsel them in, in marital counseling? You want to know how to really draw close in your relationship? Start praying together. 
out loud. Anyway, I don't want to pray out loud. You, know, you start doing that, and guess what happens? You start exposing your heart whether you want to or not. It's kind of hard to lie to God when you're praying to him, right? And what's really important to you starts coming out as you're praying, right? And sometimes people find out from the person that they started praying with, they really didn't know them until they started praying with them and their heart got exposed to the other. Relationships are really intended to have some transparency involved in them so that we can really open up our hearts one to another. Well, again, we could go through the Corinthians passage and talked about the viability of that and the importance of that, and there's a lot there. And so we're not going to get it all covered today, right? But we just want to understand that relationships are, are crucial and they're not just for me. Because here's another thing that happens in relationships. I'm good. And that's the response of a person. So you talk to somebody about how important it is to have a relationship with brothers and sisters in Christ, how important it is for maturity, how important it is for expressing the gospel to others. And, and that person says, well, no, I'm good. I don't need any of that. I'm all right in the Lord. I don't need anything from those other people. I'm good in the Lord. What about what those people need from you? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about this reality? That if my mindset on relationships is, 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 is geared around the idea of what I don't need from others, because <laughs> I'm good, that that's an extremely selfish mindset. That's extremely selfish. I got all I need. Who cares if they got what they need? I mean, maybe you don't need any relationship with others for your own maturity in your own mind. By the way, you're pretty deceived if that's what you think. But maybe you think that's true. It's certainly not true that they don't need you. I need you. I know, I know I've got some shortcomings. Connie's not here this morning or she would amen that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying to you, as you look around in this fellowship here this morning, and that you may feel like you don't need to have as close a relationships with others, I'm telling you, people sitting around you, one to another it's how we really grow and there's a thousand ways to do that small groups bible studies maybe there's just things that you like to do together with somebody else maybe you like to fish i mean i i, I noticed that don and and robbo man they talk a lot about fishing they like to go fishing together and a relationship has developed out of that and they spend time with each other we was out we was just the other day we were uh had a meeting i think it was an elder meeting yesterday and, and uh Dennis started talking about something he was talking about with one of the guys that went on the golf trip about the Lord. They had a conversation. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That was a fun golf trip about the Lord. It just happens, doesn't it? Those relationships come together, and pretty soon you're opening your heart up. And You know, you might think some of the things we do around here, that we do it without a lot of spiritual intention because it doesn't have a title it might not have a clear Bible study and sermon aim at it in that particular meeting. But one of the things we've learned out, learned over the years, that just being together in submission to the Holy Spirit, God takes over. And then out of that, relationships begin to develop. It's, listen, nothing new under the sun, right? Back in Deuteronomy, how did they learn discipleship? As they walked along the way, as that they sat at the table together. 
the value of relationships, what we're talking about. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47, it says this, Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. We talked about uh, a lot of times the uh, boys to men. How many of you boys been to the boys to men? Raise your hand up. As several of the hands go up. There's some others that have not been there yet too. One of the things we do with the boys to men is we'll, we'll have a spiritual thought. Don runs this and it's a great time together. And Don will tell you over and over again. The biggest value of that event is just the boys being together. He always had, I mean, he's, you know, he's an elder. He's got to have some kind of spiritual lesson, right? Or it's not legit. <laughs> so he'll have always some little small spiritual concept. But, you know, I know what he's driving at is something we've, we've become aware of through the last 20, 30 years together, that the greatest tool of maturity and stability is relationship with other people who are committed to the Lord and love the Lord. Listen, if you've not got some close Christian friends, you need some. And they need you. That's one of the greatest tools God uses to help us grow in the Lord. No one is tended to be a lone ranger. Of course, I'm using that title differently than what the show was all about. I get that. <laughs> So what relationship really? I mean, based on as we understand it through Scripture, when you really break it down, it's a place of ministry. It's a place to be able to be a minister to the one you're in relationship with. It's also a place to receive ministry from that one you're in relationship with. So if we think about it that way, I mean, let's look at the verse of Scripture in Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another. It's more important than yourselves. We were talking about this yesterday. Talking about how we're going to put this together somehow for next year that we'd focus on it. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Is that a suggestion? Thank you. It's a commandment. This is what we're told to do. So as we come together in fellowship as a church family, and as we function together as a family, one of the core values and principles we have to understand is the importance of our relationship to one another and that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer myself you you're going to offer yourself in relationship to me, and we're going to trust God to guide us in growing together in the Lord. Now listen. Some people thrive on hanging out in a crowd, right? And some people don't like a crowd, right? we got both of those kind of groups here. You know, some people love to be among a bunch of people. I get energy from that. Some people don't. My wife don't. But you know what? Neither one of those things is about relationship. That's how we've defined relationship today, and that's not how relationship is to be defined. That's, you're talking personality traits now. Relationship is about understanding the value of the life around you. And gleaning from that and offering to be gleaned from. And it might be the person who loves to do that in a crowd. But you know, you could be in a crowd and not know anybody. 
and not get anything from them. And you can be all by yourself and not know anybody and not get anything from them. Relationships about being engaged in, in another person's life and letting them be engaged in your life, and so you grow. So let's summate it all up this way. Relationship is lived out in love. I mean, John, 1 John really gives us the greatest passage for that, in my understanding, one of the greatest passages. We're going to look at that in just a moment. But uh, just con that concept that, that a relationship is lived out in love one toward another, how God calls us. We looked at verse, uh, chapter uh, 2, verse 3 of Philippians. Let's put that up there again because this is where it starts. If you're going to walk in love relationship with another, this has to be first established. You have to be willing to walk in that relationship from the concept of it's just not all about me. It's all about what I can also offer another. Okay. The second thing I think, that's simple. Selflessness, right? I mean, will you be willing to walk in relationship with another selflessly? I'm willing to offer myself for the benefit of someone else. What am I going to get out of it? Wake up again. Can I offer a relationship? What if I get nothing out of it? How does, how does God love? God demonstrated his love toward us in that after he did a tally and realized what he could gain, it's not how it says it, is it? God demonstrated his love toward us in that while he knew he got nothing in the bargain as it relates to holiness, because of our sin, <laughs> God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, undone, ungodly, worthless, he died for us and drawed us into relationship with him. Christian, little Christ originally, the concept of the name came from. Those who are going to walk like God walks in relationship, Relate like God relates. How do you handle your relationships? Are you willing to go into that relationship being willing to be a blessing and not just because you, it's true, you will get a blessing out of it, but that's not why you do it. You do it selflessly. So that's point one. These are the points you can write down. I'm going to walk in relationship selflessly. I'm not doing it just so I can get what I can get. I'm doing it because this is the call of God, and it's what God did, and I'm going to follow him. Secondly, I think you need to understand and walk in a relationship is that it ain't going to happen all by itself. It's going to require some intentionality. Sometimes, you know, relationships, I say, you know, I just said it wouldn't happen all by itself, but sometimes it happens in ways you don't expect it to happen. But I'm just saying there has to be an intentionality that you're open for it to happen, right? There's a willingness on your part for the relationship to develop. God demonstrated his love intentionally, right? He set out to do it. <laughs> you know, as we think about relationship 
building us as a family, it's got to be something that we say, okay, maybe it's not always the most comfortable thing for me to do, but I've got to find somebody that I can express the love of God to. I've got to find somebody that I can serve. I've got to find somebody that I can encourage so that I can be useful to God in this issue of relationships in the body of Christ. It might not be a crew. It might be one or two. It's okay. Let God lead you in that. But have that intentional mindset that says, I want to walk in relationship with God's children. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because He first loved us. Intentionality. <laughs> he first loved us. Now, okay, now that love's in you. If you know Him. Are you, other, are you loving others only because they love you? Or are you loving others intentionally first? That's how we are to follow his model. Beyond your immediate family, beyond your closest circles, beyond the people that you're always comfortable with, just letting God use you as a blessing to others. Last thing I'd say about this, and obviously not the last thing to say, right? There's a lot of things in the Word of God about this issue of walking in relationship with the body of Christ. But as you look at God and His conduct, He, he demonstrated us for us godly character and laying His life down for us and calls us to the same. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, this whole concept even further. He first loved us, but then go a little further. If someone says, I love God, but hates his brother. Hmm. As you, <laughs> this is not going to sound really cool to some of you, but when I was a kid in, in middle school, some of y'all heard me say this before. We used to say, you're lying, your breath stink. So <laughs> when somebody was lying, <laughs> that's kind of stupid, I know. It's kind of adolescent. But that comes to my mind all the time when I think about the fact that we say stuff all the time that's really not true. We say stuff all the time that's really not true. We've got to learn to be honest about what we say. And that's what this verse is saying. You say you love God, but if you say you love God and hate your brother, you don't love God. Why? Why is that? Why is that a true statement? Is the Bible speak the truth? Of course it does, right? Why is that a true statement? Because God is love. Hey, I got a question for you. Who made that thing you're, thing you're hating? Huh? Yeah, yeah, some of that came out of yourself. How about, how about the creature that you're saying that you hate? Who made that creature? God did. In a sense, that's what this verse is saying. When you say you hate that which God created, you're saying, in a sense, you don't really love the actions and the creature, creation God made. Get, get a separation. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Get a separation between their ungodly behavior and them. You've got to get a separation between those, those things or you won't be able to love them. But if you can get a separation between the dumb, stupid things they do and who they are as a creation of holy God, you can start to love them. You can even pray for people that you don't like. 
you can begin to think about how to do something kind for them. I got a good, I got a good uh, exercise for you. Just think about that person for a second that you struggle with the most. Okay? Make a commitment to pray for them every day. aspect of their life that they're going through every day for the next 30 days you know what's going to happen you're going to quit hating them so much you're going to start loving them a little bit and maybe a lot of that 30 day praying was praying about the stuff you wish they'd change <laughs> that's fine God might want to help them with that but it ain't about that stuff it's about them God loves them and God wants us to love them. That's God's character. That's God's conduct. Who does not love. So for the one who does not love his brother. Whom he has seen. How can you possibly think that you love God? That's. I love verses like this in the scripture. It's like this. It's kind of irrational isn't it? <laughs> to walk around saying. Well I love God who I don't see. But I. I can't love this person I do see. It's kind of impossible. Romans 12.10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another. Prefer one another. That's what it's talking about. In honor. Not because they did it to you first and not because that you, you, know, you owe them a little bit. Because it's the right thing to do. Love one another. First John 3, 1 John 3.1 is going to be the verse I end with today. You've heard it. Look at what it says. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us? What a great love. That He should call us the children of God and such we are. Man, let that sink in for a second. <laughs> Have you given your heart to Jesus and you've accepted the work he did on the cross for your life and your sinfulness and he forgave you of that sin and, and you acknowledge the need of it and now he's in your life and, and by that power God has made you a son or daughter of God such you are? Wow. For this reason the world does not know us because it did not know him. Goes on to talk about how they will know us by what? By our love. That's, that's what's supposed to be the end result of your relationships. That you would demonstrate the same kind of love that God demonstrated for you. So I like giving homework. Because I don't know why, I just do. <laughs> Let me give you some homework. One of two things. Maybe, you got, maybe you're going to have to do both of them. I don't know. Find somebody that's hard for you to love that you already know is in your life and start praying for them to get outside of that context so that you can start loving them the way you should. Secondly, find somebody that you can invite into relationship in your life for the purpose of being in, in uh, showing initiative and demonstrating the love of God to them. I'm not defining who it ought to be or how it should be. 
but your intention will be there. I just want to find a way to show the love of God to that person through my life. Neither one of those things offered a thing to you, did it? It was you offering to them. But you're going to get shocked because I've never seen it fail. You're going to be the one that gets blessed out of it. <laughs> but don't do it for that. Do it because it's the right thing to do. That one that seems so hard to love that you've been struggling with for years, you're going to start praying for them, and you're going to intentionally show the love of God in that way. And then that difficulty that you might struggle with, inviting somebody into your life or giving some of your time away to somebody in a relationship, you're going to do that because you want the love of God that has been put into you to be shed abroad to those around you so that you can just love somebody. And it's not going to be this. I shared the gospel because I told somebody God loved them. And that's what we've turned it into. If you do some kind of little smiley Jesus thing, or if you say God loves you, then you've done all the things God expects out of you. No, I, I'm not talking about that kind of thing. I'm talking about you are willing to take up your cross and die to yourself in the respect that you're going to offer yourself in some kind of way to serve another with the love of God. Let the Holy Spirit kind of fill in the blanks there. We can go on and on for a while, but he'll do a good job with it. Ask him to direct you. Ask him to help you know how to lead you in the opportunity to value relationship for the purpose of showing the love of God. Let's pray. Thank you for listening today. At Graceway, our strongest desire is to glorify Christ by telling everyone about His grace. If you have questions or are in need of spiritual help, please reach out to us by visiting www.gracewaylex.org and click on the Contact Us section, or you can email us at gracewaylex at gmail.com. Our worship services are held each Sunday at 1030 a.m. We'd love to worship with you this week. Until next time, take care and walk in the way of grace.